Uh-oh, Father's Day is right around the corner and you haven't gotten your dad anything yet. Don't worry, that's where the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped, comes in. You and I both know he needs some serious grooming in his life. So grab your dad the Performance Package 4.0 and he'll thank you for helping him tame his beast. It's a win-win situation for both mom and dad. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code RINKRAT. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Are we recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Special episode we're doing with Jason today. We have on Will Cook, who is the co-creator of Highlight Sports. You can check out their work, Highlight Sports Dev, on Instagram, and you can check them out on their website, highlightsports.ca. Um, I'm going to toot your horn a little bit here, Will. That sounded very wildly inappropriate. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Jason and I, I'm sure Jason will say the same thing, have learned a ton from you. We've worked at the Highlight Sports camps as well. It's You've got a brilliant mind on you, and we're very happy to have you on this episode. How's it going today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, that, that's maybe a little bit more credit than, than I'm owed. I, uh, I work with a lot of great people and um, that's where I've really been able to grow my, my knowledge of the game. So I feel really fortunate for that and yeah, being able to share it and, um, teach others about the game is something I really love to do. So yeah, I'm excited to be here and, and yeah. chat with you guys. Very humble of you, but yeah, like it, all you have to do is just pull up their Instagram guys. If, and if you're, if, if you're on your phone right now, you should just go do it at highlight sports dev. They have a ton of great, like little bite-sized clips on Instagram of like kind of what they do uh at highlight sports just very insightful like i guess x's and o stuff that again you're not really going to see anywhere else at least i haven't seen anywhere else very few people unless you find like a small pocket on twitter of some people doing it it's like very very in-depth and yeah it's, it's a good good work there so yeah happy to have you on will and uh excited for this episode ahead because we're yeah. going to be previewing the stanley cup finals it's gonna be awesome stanley yeah, cup finals yeah. between florida and vegas who would have thought florida would have been here after this wild and crazy season, but we're going to get, let's dive, let's dive right into it. Uh, let's get into the first question here, shall we? All right, let's do it. Uh, what is the, so let's get to, uh, what is the biggest strength would you say of each team? And what do you think that uh, Florida and Vegas have been able to do well in order to make it into the Stanley cup final? Well, I, uh, I completely agree with you. I think, seeing seeing florida in the position that they're in and the run that they're on you, you hear everyone talk about it right it's it's crazy and that's that's hockey and it's in its perfect form right you get a team that's rolling at the right time and they start clicking and yeah it's been been really really impressive so obviously we got a, a pretty good taste of it in the in the toronto series the the four check has been been a big thing of success for the Panthers, right? They they're just relentless. They hound on the puck. It's been really impressive to watch from uh, individual development perspective, right? That's that's largely what we do with highlight is we we teach guys these these little techniques that they can use inside of the game to to create advantages. So, um, winning loose pucks and and retrieving pucks is a, obviously extremely important part of the game 
So watching Florida just hound pucks and, and constantly win these, win these 50, 50 puck battles to extend possession or regain possession has been really, really impressive. And then, I mean, it's hard to ignore what's happening in the crease with, with Bob, right? Um, goaltending is definitely not my area of expertise when, when guys find it, when they don't, I don't really know how that happens, but, um, it's something that he's proven in the past, obviously. So he's found a little bit of that. And obviously it's a huge, huge part to, to Florida's game. Right. I, I did a big comb of the stats and I'm sure we'll start to get into some of them as we, as we make our way through here, but they're giving up a lot of chances, right. In the slot off the rush. So don't really have an explanation towards where that success is coming from for the for Bob but um yeah it's really really impressive so I think those two things for Florida are probably the biggest biggest keys for me is why they're here right the the forecheck and and goaltending and and in terms of, of Vegas I just think that this group is primed and they've proven it oh, ever since the the expansion happened right it's just a strong veteran group i think their depth is is a really important part to their team right they come in waves uh, very similar to to florida in the style of game that they play um, but i think the the depth that vegas has on the back end is is a really big strength for them and that's gonna we'll get into that in a second right with the four check but i think just their depth and experience and um coming in waves is, is a really really important thing to to the success that they've been having so far yeah and that's that's a great point and i'm just gonna i know we kind of have like a structure with how we're gonna do this here and what i sent to you but i think i'm just gonna skip skip right past those questions and just go directly to like the Florida forecheck that you mentioned and how Vegas D will handle it. Right. Cause again, one of the biggest strengths you just mentioned for Florida was obviously their forecheck. And then one of Vegas's biggest strength is their defense. So the matchup between those two is going to be fun, really fun to watch. So how, how do you think Vegas D uh, can hold up against the relenting pressure from, from the Florida forecheck? Well, obviously when it, when it comes to, to, breaking through a four check, right? It's largely team tactics and systems, mm -hmm. different stuff that you can employ and where you want to push pucks. It's, it's pretty obvious where, where Florida wants to get the puck moving to. And it's along the wall because once they have it along the wall, everyone can flood to that side of the ice. And then when you get numbers over there, there's a good chance that you're going to turn it over. One of the things, one of the stats that I was taking a look at today that I thought was pretty interesting is that Vegas has done a really good job this playoffs of not giving up shots in the slot off of turnovers, right? So when they're going back and picking up pucks in their own end, if they're, if they're giving it away, they're not giving up dangerous opportunities to the middle of the ice. Right. So I think it is a big, big part of team systems and what, what Vegas wants to accomplish. I think they have big heavy D that can kind of take on those one-on-one -on -one matchups that are happening, right? With with Florida sending in two, getting on both of the defensemen, it, it's really important, your, your puck protection and, and creating space so you can have time to find a play. Um, so I think the size 
right of the of the Vegas D is going to really really help them deal with that pressure. But there are a lot of a lot of different types of solutions. One thing that that Vegas does like to do is stretch the puck. So if they can find a, a small window or opportunity, right, to get that puck moving up quickly past those two two four checkers, that's where I think things can really open up up for Vegas. But obviously, uh, there's different types of solutions that you can have to that that sending to in, right? It's something something I've I've talked about before, but um when you get two guys coming in tight on the defenseman, one one great way is is rim releasing. So rather than going D to D behind the net, right, you you rim it past your partner and get the puck moving to the winger that's on the wall. And then what comes really important with that is the timing of the center through the middle of the ice, right? Because either the the strong side D is going to step down on the winger after that puck gets rimmed around and apply the pressure, and then the middle's open, right? So I think that was one thing that I looked at in the in the Toronto series, right? They were getting trapped, moving the puck D to D right into F2. So you're going pressure to pressure. There's no real release at any moment. And then the longer that it takes for that breakout to develop, the more time the guys that are off of the puck can get into a position to, to reapply pressure. So... That's a really good point. And like when you look at Vegas's forwards and especially Vegas's centers, like Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson, to me, two two guys that can skate like the wind, and two guys that I think are really going to be able to take advantage of Florida in the neutral zone. I mean, when you look at the Toronto series, like who was the guy that generated the most amount of chances for the Leafs? William Nylander. Where did it all start from? The neutral zone. I mean, when mm-hmm. you watch Chandler Stevenson fly out there, I think that's going to be a real big key for Vegas, speaking on what you were just saying there, right? Yeah, no, 100%. There's obviously entry details is a big thing that we focus on with forwards and, and getting in, but um, you don't get those opportunities to exit into the offensive zone with possession unless you're you're breaking the puck out successfully, mm-hmm. right? And so I think with that speed through the middle, I think I think Vegas does a really strong job of of tracking back. We we call them the box outlines. Most people refer to it as the house, but I think they do do an awesome job of getting numbers back to that area, um, which helps create those short supports. So that's a often the the best way that you can handle heavy pressure is you get everyone again into that same area of the ice and you create more options for yourself to, to move the puck. That's a good point. I, yeah. I, I like I The more, the more we talk on it almost, the more I'm just like buying into Vegas is going to smash them. But then yeah, again, I, I, I thought that with the Leafs as well. So no, it's, a uh, sport. <laughs> uh, I was, I was thinking about that because I know we'll, we'll get into predictions, but um yeah, as I was combing through the statistics and just thinking overall about the series, right, it was kind of hard for me to lead through some of what I'm seeing without having that bias of hmm. of who I think is is going to win the series. Yeah, fair exactly. enough. And uh, you kind of touched on the – we just kind of touched on the neutral zone play of both teams a little bit here and how, you like, Vegas can use that to exploit Florida. But um, I want to know, like, how – 
how do both teams kind of generate offense? Do they only generate off the rush or are there other ways that they're able to generate offense for both Florida and Vegas? I know we were just talking about Vegas for a second there, but just curious about uh, how, how they create dangerous chances, not only off the rush, but if they're able to do it in zone too, if one team leans more off, off the rush than in zone, or if it's just a mix of both for both of them. Yeah. Well, I think if, if you don't have a mix of both, you, you don't get to this point of the mm-hmm. season. Right. So it's kind of both. Uh, that's a really important key to having a successful team is that if you can only play one style, right. And that was, that was the Leafs for a while, right. Run and gun, trade your chances, hope you outscore. Um, but when, when it comes to the Stanley cup finals or, or making it this far into the season, you have to be able to do both, right. Generate down low, score off the rush, Right, kind of um, be able to do both, but kind of dictate what you want to do as a team. Now, in terms of looking at those two ways of generating offense, I think I think Vegas is having more success in, in this playoffs of of creating off of the rush. I think one thing that they do extremely well is, and you saw it in the the Barbashev goal or the assist that he made. Right, little hooks and slips into the middle of the ice and 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 finding a way to get the puck either to F3 or to the driver. They they get a lot of a lot of score more scoring opportunities, I should say, than than Florida does um off of the rush. And I think I think we look at this this Panthers team, um looking at some of the things that they were doing against Carolina. Um it's a, a classic classic entry of um, driving the puck deep and call it towards the last dot line. So, so getting that puck low, pushing the defensive structure back and then looking to find players in the second layer after a cutback. Right. So I think that's more of what Florida's accomplishing off of the rush, right. They're doing a, a, a good job of driving and getting into the offensive zone. I don't think they're creating as much off of the rush in terms of scoring opportunities. It's it's coming a little bit further off after after possession inside the offensive zone. But yeah, I'll go back to kind of that that, that stat that I mentioned of of Vegas limiting uh, chances off of turnovers. Right, I think that's kind of where Florida's had their success in the playoffs. Right, being able to get in on the puck apply that pressure and then quickly transfer it to a high danger area for a scoring opportunity. So I think if, if Vegas continues that of, of limiting those chances, then if, if Florida is getting in on the four check then those, the when they turn the puck over, it's not going to be um, as deadly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so just taking a look at each of these teams, um, we've been, tooting the horn of uh, Vegas, sorry to use that reference once again, but we've been tooting the horn of Vegas quite a bit. Do you see Mm -hmm. any deficiencies in this Vegas team? I mean, they have lost games in this playoff, so we have seen deficiencies, but has there been any that have caught your eye? Yeah, I think we go, the only only real deficiency that I can, kind of point out is and a lot of people look at this in the playoffs is the goaltending matchup right i think i think they've been proven to this point 
I think it's the the story of what's happening with the Vegas goalies is is very very interesting. Um, but I think that's uh, probably the one thing that that most people will look at in this series is can can the Vegas goaltending beat Bobrovsky? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean they've they've not to take anything away from the Vegas goaltenders, but I mean they have. Two, like they've used two backup goaltenders that would qualify. I mean, have either of those guys started over 50 games in a season? I do not think so at all in, in Larry Bressois and Aiden Hill, but they've, they've done their job and they've done it pretty well. And then on top of that, they have Logan Thompson as well. I'm not sure if he's even available, but he's there. And then Jonathan Quick is on the bench too, who I think he's in the back nine of his career. But yeah, I yeah, mean, it's not it's- exactly the most prolific goaltenders their most prolific goaltender they have is out with hip surgery right now so it it has been quite of interest kind of interesting to see them trot out two goaltenders of that caliber um and make it as far as they have and put up the the numbers that they have as well so yeah and then in terms of florida where do you see i think we've touched on a little bit but where do you see mainly vegas kind of exploiting them I think it's it's live or die off of the four check, right? I think that's a <laughs> the the numbers don't lie in terms of where they're creating their offense, um, and I think one thing that we haven't touched upon, right? Like we maybe did it a little bit earlier, but a lot of luck, right? In terms of to to success, and um, you can create your luck. And I think that's that's where the momentum that Flora's had. So I think that's that's the biggest question going into this series is uh, whether or not they can keep that mojo going, keep that keep momentum, yeah, right. keep getting the bounces. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, like it is kind of refreshing to hear it. Like you're a your job is a hockey analyst. Like you live and breathe by hockey and you're giving us the answer of, yeah, there is a good amount of luck in this, in this stupid game that we play. <laughs> yeah. One, so. one of, one of the, the most interesting things to me that I, that I've come to learn and, and what I do is you, you take, take out your, your superstars in the league, right? Most, most of the guys who are making a career of playing in the NHL, obviously they have the skill to put themselves in that position, the work ethic. But for most, a majority of the guys that are in the league, it, it comes down to to chance and, and getting an opportunity to prove yourself. Right. And that's, that's how most guys find their way into the league. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, Sorry to go back to a goalie reference, but like, look at James Reimer. I think it was 2011. If he doesn't go on that hot run um, that he did with the Leafs, like, do we see him? Does he have the career that he he has sort of had? So, and and even Bobrovsky in this series, Bobrovsky came out of the Russian third league. Like, mm-hmm. you get a little bit. Not many scouts are visiting that league out there. Like, you get a little bit cold. Like, you know, you're probably still in Russia, right? And that's off chasing. No, that's a, go ahead. Oh, well, yeah. What I, what I was going to say, and that's so impressive of these guys that that play in the NHL and that play professionally, is that 
when those opportunities do come up, right, they make the most of them. And and that's why they're in the league. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and on top of that, I mean, like, is that not the just the Vegas Golden Knights identity in general, right? It's like that whole team was started of a bunch of guys who didn't get the chance, didn't get the opportunities, didn't get the shots. And then now look at their second line. Their second line is those players who they they essentially picked and picked from other teams that other teams said, these guys are not good enough to be on my top seven, either forwards or top four D and mm-hmm. we'll let you take them for free. That's how, that's how we value them. And that's what they said about majority of the guys they have right now. So uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah, interesting. No, all, all those guys that went over there, right. They found themselves in, in opportunities that they didn't have with the teams that they left. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just from, like when you look at it, it's not even just from the um, the the draft that they did. I can't. Well, I don't know why the expansion name escaped. Expansion draft. Like, look at the other kind of misfits that they have here. Like Brett Howden was traded to them for a fourth. Chandler Stevenson was traded to them for a fifth round pick and is getting paid two point seven five million. He's a legit second line center. Michael Amadio came from the Leafs off of waivers and now is playing third line for the Vegas Golden Knights. Had a pretty impressive, I think it was game six for them too. And then Nicholas Roy was kind of like a a cap dump trade. They needed to get rid of salary. So they got rid of, uh, so Vegas traded Eric Halla. And in return, they got Nick Roy and he's been fantastic for them for several years now. So yeah, kind of an interesting build. Yeah, the moves that that both of these teams have made have been been quite impressive I, I often think about how i don't know if it was last season or or two years ago this the this vegas group management group was catching a ton of flack mm-hmm. right it felt like the wheels were kind of falling off after after the first few seasons and then um basically letting patch go for nothing right it's crazy that they were kind of able to retool and, and find guys to fall in flurry too they caught a lot of heat for flurry mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly then they bring in Petrangelo and then Eichel doesn't have the greatest of years either. And it's like, what happens here? And then going back to luck, like they don't get to make that move for Barbashev if Mark Stone isn't on LTIR. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if that's luck and more <laughs> fudging the numbers, but you know, it mm-hmm. is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting strategy. A lot of teams have found a way to exploit. Yeah. A lot more flights have opened up to the, uh, the Island since uh, Lou Lamorello left the Leafs. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the Panthers, well, like obviously Bobrovsky has been solid. Is there been anything with their defensive structure that you think has been able to, to help him? Yeah. Well, one of the things that they do extremely well is, is letting him see the puck. Right. I think that that boils down to their, their box out details and, and and keeping guys away i think it i think it helps a lot in when we're boxing out when the goalie does a great job of of not giving up second chance opportunities it takes a ton of pressure off of a defenseman right those are moments that you can kind of breathe and relax and not have to continue to compete for positioning so i think that's 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 one thing that that Bob has been doing extremely well in terms of helping out the D and obviously the D are doing a great job letting him see those shots so he can have an easier time of of corralling those rebounds and I think one thing that that Florida does well is um, releasing out of those box out positions right to go and retrieve pucks 
Um, I think they do a good job of, of when, when the pucks are there, there and available, they're often first to them to, to either start their breakout to, to get the puck out. So I think those two, two things have gone, gone, gone well for them. Now, could you have seen that? Okay, this might be a little question to put you on the spot here, but could you have seen the players with the likes of like Mark Stahl and Radko Gudis and these like big physical defensemen? They're obviously great at boxing up, but are those also players who you find are able to win those short sprint battles? And like, did you expect that to happen? Like, or is this team just like, well, how, how are they doing that? Like those, those guys in particular? No, that's a, that's a great question because that's what those guys are built for, right? That's how they, you're not expecting Tagutis to become Montour for mm-hmm. that team, right? Those are those are details that those guys have built and and refined, and they're what keep them in the league. So Gudis is a perfect example. He's not not a not a player that I'll show a ton of clips to to a bunch of guys, but there are players that I work with when when we're focusing on. Um, defensive details such as closing out from the net front to the corner or box outs that their technique and and the things the little like little tricks that they use in front of the net so yeah no it doesn't really come as surprise that that they're doing a good job of boxing out all right uh yeah it makes makes a lot of sense because again like looking at that defensive core it's like to the naked eye it's like a head scratch of how they're they've done so well, but like when you look li- deeper and look at the details of their game, it starts to make a little bit more sense. Now I want to switch over to the special teams uh, here a bit, because I feel like the narrative over the last couple of years is that special teams is kind of like what drives the bus here. And that's how you make, uh, make the finals. It's like a high power, high power play percentage, strong penalty kill. There was that stat of like uh goal differential on power play plus penalty kill. But oddly enough, we have Vegas who is, 14th right now in PK percentage. And I believe they're in the bottom third of the league in power play percentage. And then Florida, on the other hand, who is 13th in PK percentage in the playoffs uh, and also around mid pack uh, in power play percentage. Like what do you think these teams are lacking or uh, are not getting enough done on the, on the special teams in general? Like what, what are they missing? And does it even matter? Well, that's a that's a a good question to pose because they've they've gotten to this position without those numbers like you said it's obviously been an extremely important part um to teams teams getting there in the past um take i did a did a a deeper dive into the specialty teams um today i was looking at a bunch of video and it's just more so of what these two teams were doing and in the in the conference finals and i think one thing that you can expect to see from from florida's pk is they're they're very compact in in the way that they keep their structure um guys will will push out out of kind of that box or diamond structure to to get some pressure on the puck but they're not they're not going out to commit to close Right, they're just kind of going out to front the puck and to force them to move it. Um, so that was one of the things that I saw with Carolina is they they kind of had a heyday on the perimeter, right? Work it around, find a shooting lane, and those pucks are getting in towards the net. So I feel like that's a a, a, a dangerous game to play. It obviously kind of 
the the way that you structure your your penalty kills based off of your personnel, right? So um, that kind of compact, tighter structure you're expecting to uh, box out in clear lanes and and block shots. So um, yeah, it's I find it's a fine line to walk because the more pucks that are getting in towards the net, right? where our shooting percentages come into play they're, they're bound to to find their way or to to get tipped on their way in um and then in terms of vegas they they actually run a, a very similar structure to the to the pk that we use when when i was playing at school right the it's more of uh probably the best way to describe it is kind of like a triangle in the middle of the ice and um, it's trap down pressure. So the, they, they send F one up. It's, a. Uh, what's interesting about their PK is it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's more of a challenging structure because it's pretty easy for, for the top four, the top PK forward, right? We want to go out, we want to front the puck. We want to get it to moving to a side where we can trap down and push it into the corner towards the wall. But a lot of pressure comes off of the guys that are working off of the puck, right? The probably the most difficult position to play in that that PK is F two because uh, you have a lot to guard as that player is dropping down. You have cross cross seam passes to take away. Um, you have to read and and recover off of what F one's doing, right? If he's not able to trap down and you have to slide across. There's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that type of structure. Whether they'll run it against um, against Florida, I'm, I'm not quite sure if, if they'll make adjustments or not, but that was basically one of the things that I saw in the Dallas series is that um, teams will get open with that type of kind of looking to be more aggressive at the top. Um, so that's that's kind of what you'll see with with Vegas on the PK is that things will look maybe more chaotic that they are because because guys are it's a little bit more fluid whereas whereas Florida is kind of compact and and controlled so it's kind of risk reward when I look at Vegas's PK right if you're able to trap down and and get the puck contained then it helps the structure slide over and get across. Um, he put that type of pressure on the puck. Things start, or it starts to bobble. Um, guys are forced or rushed into a quick decision. Um, so things can go really well if you're able to kind of get that pressure. But if if the trap down isn't successful, steams open up, the puck gets moving from side to side. That's where that's where it gets a little chaotic. And I think that's that's basically what I've seen with those two PK units. Right? It's kind of risk reward for Vegas. And Florida's passive. Um, they'll give out shots from the opportunity or from from the outside, hoping that um, they can take away tips and screens as those pucks come in. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when you have a goalie like Bobrovsky and how hot he's been, I guess it kind of, like you said, you you build your PK off your personnel. I assume like Bobrovsky's part of that personnel. The fact that he's able to stop all those shots when he sees them. Uh, on the flip side of things, uh, you talked about like how these teams struggle on the penalty kill. Uh, what what can Florida do to uh, to take advantage of Vegas' struggles and what can 
Vegas to take advantage of Florida struggles on the power, penalty kill when they're on the power play. Like, is it more so also just another question? Is it the penalty killing that kind of drives the bus for tactics for the other team? Or is it more the power play uh, of the other team? And for example, if Florida's power play is Vegas going to be responding with a different penalty kill than what we saw against Dallas, because the Dallas power play is different than Florida or like what drives the bus there first. And then how, how can each team be exploit the other on the power play? Yeah, I think, uh, I think probably most coaches would, would agree with this You're You're adjusting your PK structure based off of the looks that the other team wants to get. Um, so, yeah, I think looking at the power plays, uh, the structure that they're using is basically what every team in the NHL is doing, right? It's kind of like a one, three, one. You have your, your net front position, you have your bumper position, you have your two flankers, and then, we, we refer to it as the pivot, which is the, the defenseman that's at the top, or um, maybe it's a forward for some units. But um, one, of the, one of the things that's, that's interesting is you're going to have uh, basically two different looks inside of that structure, and, and we'll start with Vegas. And so just kind of basing it off of what their first units are doing. So you have, you have Stone in front, you have Stevenson in that bumper position. You have Eichel and Marcia Show on the flanks, and they have Theodore up top. Their their power play runs primarily through Eichel on that flank position. One of the things I, I don't necessarily love about what Vegas does on the power play is it's a little static. They're they're very bumper oriented. You'll see a lot of plays where the puck will uh, work low from Stone up to Eichel on the wall, up to Theodore. And then where you have a lot of success in finding the bumpers is getting the puck moving from one side and then back to the other. And then that's where that kind of space in the middle of the ice opens up. But but one of the things I saw from Vegas is Theodore will get that puck moving right back to Eichel, which doesn't create a lot of space for them, right? Because it keeps the structure on one side of the ice. But but yeah, like I said, they're, they're bumper oriented. So you'll see a lot of plays work down to stone looking for uh, Stevenson in that bumper. Right? Quick little low plays and they have it set up. So Marsha Show, who's attacking on the other flank, is coming in on a, on a one-time position. But yeah, they're, they're more bumper oriented. And then taking a look at Florida, you have pretty much the same structure. Um, one of the things I do like about Florida's power play is they're a little bit more fluid. Um, so if, if you were kind of to delegate positions, you'd have you have Barkov in the same position as Stone, kind of that net front low guy. Um, you have Reinhardt and Bennett on the flanks. You have Kachuk in the bumper, and then you have Montour up top in that pivot. Um, but like I said, they're, they're a little bit more fluid in, in how they move. You'll often find... Uh, guys filling in for that pumper position because I find Kachuk likes to likes to kind of just buzz around and and roam, but the the main difference is they're they're more shot oriented, and I think that's a little bit for both of their units. Um, they'll they'll work their pucks out to the flank, and the 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 big difference between like shot oriented and bumper oriented is that uh, the the bumper position for Florida 
is going to to drop lower down towards the front of the net. And that's kind of what what they look to accomplish, right? They they work the puck up the top, find either a one time opportunity or or a quick shot opportunity from from the point, and then they get two guys down towards the front of the net where Vegas will have that bumper a little bit higher because they're looking for those those passes and plays. So based on what you said to summarize all of that, so Vegas likes to kind of play the possession game a little bit more, play the bumper game a little bit more. And then Florida likes to work with the sh- the shots and then look for the rebounds, the tips and the screens. And then based on what mm-hmm. you said with the PK where Florida likes to play the more relaxed and close in the box and Vegas likes to chase a lot. Wouldn't you say then that like the power plays of each of the teams, it benefits like they're the way their style is it's beneficial based on what the PK styles of the opposing teams are. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think it's, it's, it's consistent. You see that structure used by, by a majority of teams. Um, I mean, there's, there's different looks or there's different things that teams want to accomplish on the power play. Washington's probably the best example, right? Working it from, the strong side over to Ovechkin to get the one-timer. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of exploiting each other's uh, penalty kill, the one thing that I think Florida might run into some trouble with is uh, at some point you need to front the flankers, right? They're not going to let Eichel step in to a higher danger area to get a shot opportunity. So at the point that someone releases to front one of the forwards, that's what creates the space for the bumper off of the back. And you saw that look a few times in the Carolina series, right? And that's that's primarily what Vegas wants to, to get. So I think that's where you get um, into some trouble for that that compact structure the second that you get someone kind of not on their own page but uh distanced from that from that structure that's what opens up scenes into the middle of the ice and i think one of the 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 main difference you you see it with barkov too but um you'll you'll get more plays in and around the net with with vegas um yeah Awesome. Awesome. So some really great insights in there. Let's get into our predictions. Will, we'll let you go first. Stanley Cup champion, number of games, and Con Smythe. Oh, that's Con Smythe. I'll have to think of that one as I rip this one off. But right. no, I, I, I gave it some thought today. I'm actually excited to hear what, what you guys have to say about the series. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll break down a few of the things that I thought about. One, there's there's the statistic going around about the rest, right? I think it's the the second longest break for a team going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, and then it's like some some crazy stat of the the team with the shorter break winning the first game. So obviously, I think winning that first game is is a huge huge thing to do, obviously, and then. Um, will Will Florida's mojo and momentum carry on after that break? 
So I I gave it some thought, and obviously I think I think if you can tell already, I think that Vegas is going to to win this series. I don't think it's going to be as tight as people think. I'm, I'm going to give it a, a gentleman sweep of of Vegas four one, and then yeah, in terms of of cons, my I think it. Just in terms of storylines, I think it'd be really great for Jack Eichel to kind of go on a tear in the finals, right? I know he didn't have any goals in the last series, but um, I think that'd be that'd be a really good story for for him. Yeah, and uh, that's a big thing for Con Smith because I believe it's it's voted by the media, right? So storyline is does matter when you're doing these things from like unless your name is Phil Castle. Unless your name is Phil Kessel. Well, I guess I guess Crosby is like a bigger storyline than like just being him being Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I guess. Um, you want to you want to go with your predictions next, or? Will kind of like I pretty much kind of stole mine. I was I'll go four. I'll I'll go six games Vegas, and I really like Jack Eichel in this series. I mean, just the speed and. I think just regressing towards the mean in terms of his shooting percentage, he didn't have a single goal against Bay, uh, against Dallas, but that's not to say that he was invisible. He was generating tons and tons of chances. Just the puck wasn't dropping for him. So I think what better time to kind of get the wheels working and uh, get some goals on the board. And I mean, he leads Vegas in points right now too. So I think that's going to be the, and I haven't checked the betting lines, but I, he should be the favorite for Con Smythe, in my opinion. Jason? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be the opposite of you guys. My, here's, here's my on this. The Leafs, last four, four of the last five playoff, uh, four of the last, last five teams they've lost to in the playoffs went on to the Stanley Cup Finals, but lost, right? So this is going to be the where, where Florida bucks that trend after the Leafs buck their trend of <laughs> breaking out of the first round. So I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going to think they're going to get it done in seven and I'm going to give it to the consummate, probably Bobrovsky. I don't think there's anyone else I could give it to. Right. So yeah, if Florida wins, it's going to Bobrovsky. Uh, it would be kind of crazy to give it to anyone else in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be interesting if, if Florida ends up taking it right with what Kachuk's been doing. Oh, I think that's, that's a, that's Especially a, tight after one a trade. That, that was a, a good little nugget there, Jason. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, those, a lot of those trends, yeah, man. Those uh, no, those those trends are they're always interesting to look at yeah. from <laughs> from a gambling perspective, right? Because yeah, you you just it could happen. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Got to look at the, uh, Florida series series price after this, but so so what do you what, what before we wrap up? What do you think is the key for them then? For Florida, I really think that. Uh, I, I think like you said, the rest versus rusting is real in that the rest ver- the rest teams do poorly in the first couple games, but as the series progresses, they'll get better. And the, uh, the teams that have, like Vegas, for example, like we don't know how many injuries they have, what kind of injuries they're dealing with. And I can't imagine playing all these games in succession is helpful to them. And obviously they have a bunch of guys who've played through a ton of injuries in Eichel and stone, but I mean, if they could survive a couple more games, maybe 
like they'll they'll pull it out. But if anything goes awry for those guys, I think it's it's got to be Florida here. Mm-hmm. I think I, I was I was having this this thought today of of does rest at this time of the year really play as big of a factor as people think? And it was just just a little take that I was thinking of in my head because it's the cup finals, mm-hmm. right? You, you have guys that are probably banged up or, or playing through stuff, but if there's, there's one moment in your playing career that you can find a way to get up for or, or battle through those, those little nagging things, I feel like it's the cup. Yeah, so I, I just think it's an, it's an interesting debate to have because I mean, you, you would think that a rested team would have the legs to, to like you said, if, if things don't go well in the first couple of games, as long as they keep the series in, in their grasp, that those legs will take over at some point. But no, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see game one. Um, I, I, it kind of it's a good a good indicator of that debate of whether or not playing off of a short break is, is beneficial or or whatnot. Yeah, we'll see. We'll still we still got a couple more days till game one. This is kind Crazy. of insane that we have to wait this long. But anyways, will can't thank you enough. Love the insights. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. You did you have any more last last minute questions for him? No, that's anyways, that... we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much, Will, for for coming on with us and chatting with us. No, I appreciate it, guys.